Hi, everybody, and welcome to Ask a Navigide, part of the Abundant Aging podcast series. I'm Mike, your host, and on this show, we tackle subjects in aging and family caregiving that can be stressful to work through. And we do this with tips and advice from United Church Homes' Navigide team. Our Navigides have decades of experience helping families work through these issues, and we hope that what we share on this show will help everyone everywhere age with abundance. Today, we're lucky to have Barbara with us, who will help us understand more about her role as a professional care manager, more about her role as a Navigide. And this is for folks that may aspire to be a Navigide, that may be working with residents in senior living, affordable housing, that may be working to support people who are aging at home, either through home visits, or maybe you are phoning them up and checking in. So hello, Barbara. Hello, Michael. I'm pleased to be here. It's great to see you again. All right. But before we get started, got to read the statement. The opinions shared on this podcast are those of our amazing Navigides and are not meant to convey or take the place of, oh, by the way, Navigides and the host not meant to convey nor take the place of clinical, legal, or other professional advice. So let's start out. You're a Navigide with United Church Homes. You are primarily involved in supporting in two of our communities in Ohio. Can you explain really what you do? I mean, I think there, there are no typical days, but what are things that you often find yourself doing? Well. I'll just act like I've got a new resident. I get to know them by asking questions and listening to their answers completely and thoroughly to see what I can do to help them obtain a great quality of life while aging. And that is through different resources that, you know, Durable medical equipment, home delivered meals, setting up appointments, discharging, all sorts of things that, you know, I deal with bills, also trying to get help to pay or to set up payments, just numerous things. And I would say to anyone that likes helping people, this would be a great position for them. I love it. You've got to be, you got to be a doctor or a lawyer or, I mean, did, what does it take to be a Navigide? Well, I think mainly it takes just caring about people and trying to help them have a better life through resources. So, and that's the thing. I mean, I mean, it, it just seems like it, it just, just, you're just someone in the community that just you're like someone's like sort of trusted friend that just knows all the community resources has been through a hospital discharge before i mean you know i know that with me or my wife or what have you like if we are going through a tough time through the first time like we have a loved one in the hospital you know we'll try and find someone that's been through it before and talk to them and they kind of talk us down so is that you yeah that would be us we we help with everything that we can possibly help to keep someone safe and in their home and you know medicare medicaid uh medical equipment doctors discharge 
We hadn't touched on this, Michael, but this is an important aspect of our position also, is asking and guiding through getting power of attorney done, durable power of attorney, guardianship, all of these things. Sometimes one needs a little bit of guidance with that also. And yeah, I've got the papers in my office. I've helped many community people do go through this also. And it's not a scary process at all. And well, not to you, but for somebody who's going through it for the first time, you know, I mean, that can be kind of nerve wracking, but you put people at ease. Well, That's what we try to do because we want to take on a lot of these burdens that people don't know about that we can just navigate right through them because we've done them. We have the experience and the networking is there. And, you know, like I worked with legal aid, had clinics come in to get the power of attorney and that sort of thing done and to understand that if someone gives someone permission legally to be power of attorney, that only is in place if they mentally cannot do it. Yes. Because that's a that's an obstacle. Well, well, when are they going to take over? Are they going to take all of my money? No, not unless you are at a mental capacity that you can no longer do that. Power of attorney also says your rights is what you, what people can do and can't do, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So that's another aspect that we do. And that kind of goes along with end of life things. Right. Also. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you said when you're talking about the new client, and I think that I'm just sort of inferring that this might be a pretty big fundamental skill that quite frankly, I'm trying to work on is listening. You said, listen completely and fully to their responses when you ask them questions about themselves. Why is that so important? Well, you want it to be able to help that person no one is the same. No one has the same needs or problems. Everyone is a different entity with different problems. And so you can't, I mean, I can say, oh yeah, I've done this in the past, but it's never exactly the same. And that's why it's so important to listen because otherwise you don't know what, you're, what you need to do to help this person. So it all really comes down to, I mean, you've done these tasks before, but these issues are happening with people in their own way as they deal with them and they match it against all their own personal hopes and dreams and desires and things change and I can't do this or I can't do that. I mean, you're really getting to know people as people, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I take it on as like an extended family and simply, and that's good and bad because yes, do I worry about my residence after I go home at night? Yes, I do. Is that necessarily really healthy? No, but that's just me. 
I get emotionally attached. And I think when a resident or a client knows that you genuinely care about them, that you're not going to, I mean, mistakes happen, yes, but you're not going to do anything but to help them. You don't want to harm them in any way or guide them in the wrong direction. Wow. So, but you have to click with them, right? You have to build that trust too, you know, because it's ongoing. It's not just the first day they meet you and say, hi, you want to build a good foundation for this relationship, which will go on for as long as they are in our service or we have the, sorry, the privilege of serving them. You know, have you, I I don't know, do any stories come to mind, I guess, of, of sort of these continuing relationships? Well, sure. I mean, it's real easy to talk about hobbies, activities that they enjoy. I crochet. So, for example, if I meet a resident and maybe we have that in common. So we just go off, well, did you make this? Do you know how to do this stitch or something like that? I am a sports nut, so I can, I find that's an easy way to click with males. But I mean, I can talk sports. And, uh, you know, I, my, my son was a 12 year wrestler in high school. So, I mean, I can talk about any sport. My father always had a softball team. He sponsored a softball team. So I like to talk about things like that. And if it interests them, there's all kinds of little icebreakers that you can do foods. What kind of foods do you like? Do you like to cook? What, I mean, what's your specialty? What's your favorite dish? What dish do you take to a potluck? You know, I mean, all kinds of things. I just find people so interesting to begin with. Body language plays a role here too, right? I mean, some people don't want to share. and, And so you're probably picking up on a lot of that too, right? Absolutely. You can, if you are talking about... Well, we just talked about end-of-life issues. You can kind of tell if someone, you know, they close up or I don't really want to talk about that or the anxiety with the uncomfortable questions, but you can skirt around it, you know. Maybe that's something you want to think about and we'll readdress that in a couple weeks. Or something like that. Maybe you need to talk about that with your children and see what their input is. But I'm not a bashful person and I try to be respectful, but there's really not a subject matter that that I don't think you can talk about if you did in in a positive way. Yeah. But you know. I mean, I don't surprise, I don't consider myself bashful either, but there are bashful people out there and people that may, you know, it may take time to build a relationship with, or, you know, even people that may want to engage, but they may be, you know, their hands may be shaking or whatever. They may be, you know, embarrassed to come out of the rooms or, or, I don't know, but I mean, there are... When you encounter people in those situations, is, is it a longer game 
build that relationship. I mean, you can't build relationships right away with everybody. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. I mean, I've, I had a resident that I had, I felt I had very little contact with and her son passed and that brought us very close. I mean, I would go up and check on her. Sometimes I would just hold her in my arms and let her cry because that's what was needed at the time. And come to find out she had a stroke about a month ago and her daughter took over taking care of her mother at moved her out of my facility to take care of her 24-7. But her daughter called me and was giving me the status because I had called her and left a message that I wanted to know how how she was doing. And she goes, Mom just wanted me to tell you how much you meant to her when her son passed. And uh, uh, truly, Michael, I spent minimal amount of time with her and you just well what you thought was minimal but it's really meaningful to her absolutely and it just made my heart swell and i just thought wow that is a wonderful thing i had no idea what an imprint i had on her just by holding her you know the other thing that comes to mind is you know diversity around everything, you know, because people do have, you know, they will come into communities with cultural traditions, religious traditions. You know, I know that we're taught LGBTQ that, you know, we're always going to ask someone if they have a partner, how is that person going to be referred to? Is this your roommate? Are you telling things like that? It's like on their terms, but it's almost like once you know that stuff, you're kind of like also an advocate for those things to be protected too, right? Absolutely. Yes. And it comes naturally to me to (laughs) be so protective of these people. I mean, because, you know, communities sometimes can be, comments can be mean. And so you do want to protect these people from bad comments and things like that. Of course, you can't always do that, but I try my best to. And, you know, like I say, there is an emotional attachment and I believe it's a good thing. Well, it's also things like, I mean, I think you mentioned in another podcast, you may have a resident that whose religious observations did not include Christmas. Oh, you would, can you tell that story a little bit? Sure. I had a resident that is a Jehovah Witness. And so I just went up to her and I just said, now, I don't want to be offensive in any way, but do you want me not to include you in the Christmas card list? Yes. And she said, Yes, thank you, and do not put my name on the calendar for my birthday either, because we do not celebrate birthdays. And just those two little things, because no one else had ever taken the time to respect what, you know, and to ask another question. And there, it might 
on my part, it was kind of uncomfortable because I didn't want to pry or put her in the spotlight. But afterwards, she thanked me for it. I know diversity, equity, and inclusion is so important for United Church Homes, and we receive such great training on this. And one of the things that sticks in my head is the difference between the golden rule and the platinum rule, where golden rule is, you know, treating me as I would like to be treated. And the platinum rule is treating you how you want to be treated. And that really stuck with me, you know, and, 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 you know, the stories you shared about, you know, we were doing prep for this around the resident who is the Jehovah's Witness and, you know, it even leads me to think about, you know, if you see someone, if, if how do I pronounce your name? You know, like I, I have this bad habit of very quickly, like, like your name is Barbara. If we get familiar, I might just call you, calling you Barb, but I wouldn't ask your permission if to, to call you that or ask you if that's okay, because, you know, that those little things really matter when it comes to residents, right? They absolutely do. And a lot of times what I'll say in United Church Homes trained us on this okay, um, yes. was, do you have a nickname? Is there a name that you go by? I've got one resident, he goes by Baba. And if you call mm. him by his name, he'll look at you and go say, what? What do you, you know? Because he gets offended by his real name. Yes. And so everybody calls him Baba. His, I, I got him a Medicare Advantage plan. And I told the agent, I said, you better call him Baba or he's not going to sign up. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> and this same insurance agent just sent me a, a list of uh, different qualifications and it had this resident, Baba, and his last name. And I thought, all right, you heard <laughs> loud and clear and you are taking care of my resident the way he wants to be taken care of. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, I think that's a great place to end. And I hope those tips are useful for people who are in a position like yours, people who aspire to be, because it it really just makes all the difference in quality of life for folks that we have the privilege to serve. So Barbara, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of Ask a Navigate. And thank you, the listener for listening to this episode of Ask a Navigate, and it's part of the Abundant Aging podcast series brought to you by United Church Homes. If you like this show, please like, share, and subscribe. We have a YouTube channel. United Church Homes is the name of that. We have Instagram. We have TikTok. We have LinkedIn. Connect with us to learn more about these shows, these topics, these other topics, and we want to hear from you. You can hear all of our podcasts on AbundantAgingPodcast.com. You can drop us a comment. Let us know what you liked, you didn't like, show ideas, tips, your own thoughts, favorite recipes. We want to hear from you. For more information about United Church Homes Navigate program, and especially if you want to become a Navigate yourself, please visit uchnavigate.org. For more information about United Church Homes, visit unitedchurchhomes.org. 
If you're listening to this past July of 2023, try going to AbundantAging.org and hopefully our resource center will be up for you. Aim to help family caregivers and anybody everywhere that wants to learn how to age with abundance and even share ideas with us. Certainly want to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.